the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Situation Report, where we give you, every week, the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. One of the aspects of this ever-changing culture is the cancel aspect. We're going to talk about cancel culture here as we get into this interview today. My name is Jeremy Stolnicker, here with Chad Robichaux. And Chad, um, that phrase, cancel culture, has become very popular. It has. About a year ago, people started talking more and more about it, and you'd see news personalities and you know, professional influencers get canceled. Right. They said something culture didn't like, the mob came against them, they lost their platform, whatever that was. That's been happening for a while, but it seems like right now, if you look oh, yeah. the wrong way, you're going to be canceled. Yeah, I remember the first time you seen it happen, it was, you know, small scale, like that, like a real thing, yeah. and now yeah. it's like out of control. Like it's like that. every day. It's every day. <laughs> and it's, now it's become... Not only every day, but it's it's completely without without any regard or, or uh, really based on no real facts or information. Yeah. I mean, we just recently spoke. We were, you and I were speaking with David Barton. They were talking about things uh, being canceled for reasons that didn't really right. justify what, <laughs> right. what they actually did. Like you know, right. taking down uh, people who are going against systemic. Uh, you think they're fighting systemic racism. Racism, taking out statues of abolitionists. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right, uh, right. So I think it's just it's got out of hand, and uh, and it's uh, harmful yeah. to culture, to our, our nation, and to our future. Because right. without uh, knowing our history, uh, we're doomed to repeat some of the same mistakes that we even had in, in this country. It's a crazy thing living in the United States. We have certain rights that make other people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if I exercise my rights, that may make you feel uncomfortable. Right. But it goes both ways. You may exercise your rights, your right to freedom of speech and others, in a way that makes me feel uncomfortable. But me not liking how you're exercising those rights legally is not a reason for me to be able to shut you down. Well, yeah, and, uh, and I think we talk about legally. A lot of the cancel culture is doing things that are not legal. They're not <laughs> exercising free speech. To shut down people who are doing things They're, legally. Yeah, I mean, you got people from Antifa who are anti-fascist who are actually the fastest the fastest. <laughs> They're the fastest fascists. The, the fastest fascists. <laughs> yeah, it's shutting people down and saying you can't say that. Right. I'm going to physically harm you if you say that. Right. You can't. Uh, you can't drive down this street. I mean, these are these are people doing exactly yeah. what they're supposedly protesting what against. What they say they're against. And, and then you know, you know, they could say they're peacefully protest protesting things and cancel. The, you know, wanting to cancel certain uh, certain position or policy or right. whatever, right. but as soon as they throw the first rock or yeah. bust down the first the conversation's fence, over. It, it, I mean, it's not, it's not protesting anymore. Yeah. It's a crime. They're, you're a criminal now. Right. And uh, so and I, believe, I believe with the cancel culture, there, are, there is a way and a process to uh, address these issues, but violence and rioting right. and looting and, uh, and destroying property is right. not the way to do it. One might, have, one might say if you can communicate your position better, <laughs> Maybe you can influence people to your position. Yeah, um, I, I think the bigger spiritual kind of aspect of cancel culture, and it's, it's funny because when you talk about the spiritual impact of cancel culture, it doesn't seem like the two go together, but they certainly do in this. Cancel culture creates this 
this lack of forgiveness. There are no second chances. You may have done something 15 years ago, and if I find out about it and I don't like it and it doesn't work today, then you're done. When you remove forgiveness and you remove grace, then what that creates is fear, and now people will respond out of fear to what's happening around them. They'll keep their opinions to themselves because they're afraid, because they understand there is no grace, there is no forgiveness, there are no second chances. Well, isn't that the underlying motive? To silence people? Yeah, absolutely. And, sh- and, and to yeah. silence truth? Uh, and I believe that's the underlying motive behind all this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for those who are listening that are spiritual or not spiritual people, whether you believe it or not, there is a, a, a spiritual... Yeah. warfare that exists that's right. where there is an orchestrator of spiritual warfare which I would believe as a Christian I believe that would be Satan that would be uh, driving this narrative to cancel culture history truth right. and uh, and create a fear yeah. uh, without the grace and forgiveness for the past create a fear to where people will not want to speak up and we're right. seeing that now and uh, coming on a no- November election people are wanting to speak on behalf of truth because they feel one way about the future of our country and how they would be, you know, they were conservative, lean towards things right. like pro-life and and uh, and freedom and patriotism. Those things, including our own flag, right? <laughs> but they won't do it. They won't do it. They won't speak out of those things because uh, they're scared. Yeah. And they've they've been silenced, and truth has been silenced. Yeah. And that's we, the consequence. We uh, thankfully have a great guest today, incredible guest actually. Uh, which I had, I wish we had two hours to talk to him. Michael Francis is our guest, talking about cancel culture. Second chances, grace, and forgiveness. If you're not familiar with him, you need to be. Uh, at one time, part of the Colombo crime family in New York, uh, worked to make money for his family, and uh, certainly he did. Again, you can read about that. In 1985, he was indicted on 14 counts of racketeering, counterfeiting, extortion, sentenced to 10 years in prison, but while in prison became a Christian. Uh, amazing story after being given a Bible by a prison guard. He now is a motivational speaker, an author, uh, speaks in so many places, but shares the love of Christ and the redemption found in him. And uh, Michael, thank you for giving us a few minutes today. We are blessed by your yeah. presence. Even if it's virtual, we're blessed by your presence. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Um, and I want to encourage, first of all, everyone to go and watch your story. I've probably spent three or four hours over the last several days just, just watching interviews that you've done and taking in your story. It is an amazing testimony of the grace of God. Um, it, it's amazing, and thank you for sharing it. Um, but what we'd like to focus on specifically right now is this idea that in a world where there is no opportunity for a second chance, Fear is created, that there are problems that come when we say there's no grace and there's no forgiveness. And uh, again, listening to your story and reading your story, uh, you have said that you lived in a world where if you didn't play by the rules, you paid the price. Often the price was your life. Can you speak to the powerful motivator of fear when you do not have the opportunity for forgiveness and what that means to you coming from really the background that you've come from? Well, yeah, you know, personally, I've never experienced, um, you know, the environment that we're in today. And, um, you know, I certainly know what fear is all about because I lived in a life where, you know, fear is pretty pervasive in that life. Uh, you got to play by the rules, follow the policy, or you can, you can pay dearly. The consequences could be very severe. Um, 
you know, but when I, when I turned to Christ and, and, um, you know, my life was transformed through Christ, um, you know, I saw a different side of life and I understood that forgiveness is, is a, is a very, very powerful emotion in our life, very powerful thing. And to see what's going on today, I, I don't know how people can, can live like this. I'll be honest with you, you know, without hope, um, you know, for me, I mean, my life was totally transformed because I believed in the power of forgiveness. And, you know, scripture is very clear on that. And I, and I always tell people, uh, you know, that we can't pull a scam on God. He knows our hearts. But if our <laughs> right. forgiveness is sincere and our acceptance of Christ is real, well, then we have a whole new outlook on life. And That's we right. have a whole new outlook on eternity. You know, what's going on today, honestly, gentlemen, I... I I don't know. I mean, this is, it's, it's the craziest time that I've ever lived in. And I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand what people are thinking. I don't understand why people are afraid to stand up for what they believe in, especially when what they believe in is right. It's been right. You know, America has functioned and operated, certainly not perfect, but, but in a, uh, you know, in a way uh, that we were founded upon Christian principles, people can deny that. You know, but I'll stand on, on top of the highest building and say that because it's the truth. It's documented. The evidence is there. Our found, founding fathers say it. And people are trying to undo that now. And I think, you know, we as Christians, we as Americans have to stand up for what we believe in, for what this country was founded on. And I think we can we can beat this movement back because really it's going to be proven to be a fraud. It's going to be proven to be dangerous. It's going to be proven to be destructive at some point in time. And I think we have to stand up and, and, I, and I mean, peacefully stand up and make our voices known, you know, at the voting booths, make it known what, yeah. what we choose in this life, because this election coming up, not going to get political, but this election coming up, there is a very definite line drawn in the sand. Sure. Mm -hmm. And we want America to be one way or the other from that point on. And I think uh, those of us that believe in forgiveness and redemption and American principles and Christian principles have to stand up and make our voices known and, and, uh, and, and what we want for America known. And, you know, that's, that's really the breakdown. And I can, I can go on and on yeah. about this, you know, but I don't, yeah. I don't want to take up that much time, but it, it's time to really stand up for what we believe in. That's right. Yeah. You, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, you know, redemption and forgiveness. I guess if you could, just break down what's what's redemption and forgiveness mean to you personally and what could you i guess for the listeners uh communicate what redemption and forgiveness means for this country right now i wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the mighty oaks foundation many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. 
Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is MightyOaksPrograms.org. Hi, my name is Chad Robichaud, author of An Unfair Advantage, Victory in the Midst of Battle. In this book, I share my experiences from my time on the battlefield of Afghanistan to my time as a professional MMA fighter to the battle I faced when I came home from Afghanistan and was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and suffered with anxiety, depression, and a battle with taking my own life and becoming another veteran suicide statistic. But also want to share the journey forward as I tapped into biblical principles that helped me align my life with being the man that I was created to be and living the life that I was created to live. You can pre-order your copy today from your favorite retailer or at Amazon.com and discover an unfair advantage for the battles ahead. Well, for me, it was life-saving. Look, I know I was on a, a very destructive path in my life, and uh, you know, I didn't. Kid, I don't kid myself about that. I was heading for destruction both here on Earth and and for all of eternity. I know that. That's the path I had chosen at that point in time. And when I became a Christian and saw the other side of life and, and started, I want to make this very clear, you know, I, I really did a lot of work before I made a decision to, to come to Christ. You know, evidence has played a, a powerful role in my life. And I really studied the evidence in support of, of the Bible and, and, and biblical principles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I came out believing very strongly uh, that the Bible is God's word and that Jesus is my savior. And over the past 25 years since I made that decision, it's, it's only become stronger in, in my experience and in what I've seen in others. I've seen in others. I mean, you know, this is a life changing experience. And, you know, um, I don't know if I got the second half of your question, but you said, what does it mean? I just, I mean, redemption and forgiveness, what it meant to you and, uh, what you answer well, and then, and what's it what's it mean for this country right now? I mean, the people in this country. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, we obviously have to forgive those people that are trying to change America into something else. But you know, we can't be wimpy about it either. We have to stand up. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we do. And and some yeah. of the things I'm seeing, I mean, I just can't believe this. I mean, you know, they're trying to cancel our history. Right. And history is history. It's a fact, you know, and, and uh, uh, there's some things that are ugly about our history, like everyone else. I mean, there's ugliness in the world. We have to understand that. But it is our history. And I think America's overcome a lot of the ugliness. I know we talk about racism, but look, this is a country of opportunity. I know yeah. it exists. I know there's there's uh, issues in, in uh, law enforcement that have to be uh, reformed. We all understand that. You know, but I, I say this, you know, and I want to address it. Racism is going to exist until the end of time. That's just it. <laughs> yeah. And we have to, we, we as Christians have to stand up and, and try to eradicate it as best that we can. Uh, we try, you know, and I think we've made tremendous strides in America. I mean, Absolutely. It's, again, it's obvious. It's in front of us, you know, and people that want to reject that or say it's not true. It's just, it's, it's just not, it's a lie. Yeah. It's a big right. lie. And, you know, I look, I have many, you know, ethnic and, and people, friends that are people of color and they agree with me and they don't like what's going on now either. <clears throat> so, again, we have to stand up to that. Um, yes, we forgive those that are detractors, but <clears throat> we also have to put them on the right path and keep America on the right path. Yeah, we could. I mean, history, history could teach us all a lessons and the lessons that we learn from history will keep us from preventing the same mistakes moving forward. And uh, so, I mean, obviously, there's 
25 years ago, radical shift in your life. You live in, you were living life in a path of destruction, uh, as you as you said, and um, and then you had this encounter with Christ and things were changed. What was the catalyst in your life? I mean, I know the, the lifestyle, but was there one moment that was a catalyst in your life that was like, now's the time I need to make a change? Well, yeah, I realized that. <clears throat> I mean, it was really the catalyst was was my a young woman that I met that's now my wife of thirty five years, and you know, mm-hmm. she was a Christian. She really introduced me to Christ. Her and her mom was very devout Christian. Uh, but initially, you know, I wasn't buying into it. I was too much a product of, of the street life, you know. Um, but, you know, there came a point in time when I, I realized I had to make a change. And that that hit me very hard when I was placed in solitary confinement um, and believed that I would be there for the rest of my life. And, you know, I, I spent three years, I spent eight years in prison, three years in solitary. That was a you know, uh, eight by uh, eight by ten cell, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, which is wow. very difficult. I'm wow. telling you right now. I mean, I'm I'm not playing the hero in this regard. It's yeah. very difficult to 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 live in that environment. I realized during that time we weren't meant to be solo creatures. We were meant to be social. Yeah. And um, you know, it was during that time that I really came to Christ because uh, it was me and him, me and God in that cell. That was it. And I absorbed everything I could about. Uh, not only my faith, but every other faith to see if which faith was the right way to follow. And Christianity, Christianity wanted for me big time based upon the evidence. And um, so th- that was my moment. It didn't happen in a second. It didn't happen in a minute or a day. It developed over a period of time. And like I said, over the past 25 years, um, it's only been strengthened in my life and in the life of others. And, you know, I want to make this clear. I tell people all the time, everybody says, you know, Christianity is, is so difficult. I think Christianity is very easy. I, I really do. You know, um, love God, love your neighbor. I mean, that's mm. what Jesus taught us. And if yeah. we can, we can live by those two commandments or those two principles, the world would be a lot better place. Yeah. And you know, what's very, very important. Uh, what I found in my life is accountability. When I was in the mob, I was accountable to my boss. And obviously I was led in the wrong direction, but I had to be accountable to him as a Christian now, I'm accountable to my God, I'm accountable to my wife, I'm accountable to people around me that expect me to do the right thing, that want me to do the right thing, that care about me doing the right thing. So, you know, you develop this this God conscience where you realize even when you sin, and I still sin, I, I want to make this clear, I'm, I'm not perfect in any way, I'm a lot better than I was, you know, 20 some odd years ago, but, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm not perfect in any way, but I am accountable, and I feel it. And I know when I've done wrong and, and, you know, eventually I want to, you know, atone for it and make it better. Hmm. So uh, accountability in our life is very, very important. And these people now, and, you know, I have to say this, I said these people once in a, in a YouTube video and I got these people like it was some racial epitaph. And I tried to, <laughs> when I say these people, I mean the people I'm talking about. And, uh, you, you know, know these I mean, people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, what are you supposed to call them? These people, the people that are, are leading this country in the wrong direction and trying to cancel our culture or cancel our history, they, they just need to be educated and, and, and accountable to the right people because yeah. they're being led down the wrong path. That's right. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Um, one of the questions we like to ask, because it's so important in a hopeless world and a hopeless society, and we talk to people all the time who are so hopeless, they're just so overwhelmed. When you consider hope, when you have the opportunity to speak about hope and to tell people there is hope in 
Where do people need to look for hope? Where do people find hope, even in, you know, kind of the most desperate of times and the most desperate of situations? Well, listen, the, the, the most content um, and comfortable people I have found are those that believe in Christ and know that there is a life after, after death here and all of eternity with him. Mm. Because, look, the world is, is a tough place to live in. Let's face it. And even, uh, even when everything is going good and you're doing the right thing, tragedy can hit, sickness can hit, you know, things can happen in life, even when you're doing the right thing and everything is going good. Yeah. But you always have to have hope in the fact that there is a better place, that we will overcome it here. Uh, it's the only way that we really can live. Because, you know, I mean, I've spoken to people and tried to counsel them that are in mourning. They lost a loved one. And it's very, very hard to tell them, oh, don't worry, everything's going to be better. Right. But, you know, when you, when you really, really, truly have a relationship with Christ, you just know that. You just feel it. And you just know that at some point in time, you know, life is going to be better. We're going to be reunited with our loved ones. You know, things are going to turn around. And there is a better place. Because, you know, you can't sugarcoat this, this world. Yeah. It's, it's a tough world at times. Yeah. But if we have nothing to look forward to, and, you know, all there is is, you know, six foot of dirt that we're going to be in mm. one day, that's, that's a tough way to go through life. Yeah. Tough way. Man, we appreciate your conversation. We'd love to talk more. Um, but since we can't, <laughs> where can we point people to where they can uh, hear your testimony? I think the most powerful thing a person could do that's listening to this right now is to go listen to your testimony. And some are short. I'd recommend the, you know, hour and a half long version. But uh, you've written several books. You have a lot of material out there. Where can people go to follow you and learn more about you? Well, I would suggest my website, michaelfrancis.com. Uh, I am all over social media. And I have, you know, hundreds of hours of a video on YouTube. My testimony is there, you know, in, in quite different places. Uh, you yeah. can find it easily. So, um, and I've written a number of books. I mean, they're available on Amazon and anywhere you can get books. Um, you know, I, I'm out there quite a bit. And, uh, and if I can be an encouragement to somebody by hearing what I have to say, obviously we didn't have a lot of time here this morning, but I want to make it clear. God really has worked in my life. I mean, I should be dead or in prison for the rest of my life. Hmm. That's what I earned during my time on the street. That's probably what I deserve. It's definitely what I deserve. But for some reason, God had a different plan and a purpose for me. And I am not, you know, I don't live in a bubble. It's not only me. God has worked tremendously in so many people's lives that I know. And he'll work in yours. And that's that's a deal. But you have to allow him to. Right. You know, we have a free will. God doesn't impose his, himself on you. We have a free will in this world. And we have to turn to him freely. And when we do, he will absolutely make a difference in our life, in our mentality, in our feeling of hope. Uh, it, it's just that it's the big difference maker in our lives. Yeah, that's awesome. Michael Frenzies, thank you so much. Thanks, it is Michael. an honor to be able to talk to you. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Maybe we'll do it again. Yes, yes sir. absolutely. God bless you. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. God bless. Take bye. care. So many good things in that interview. And again, seriously, I've said it, I think, four times now. If you have not gone and watched a full testimony of Michael Frenzies, really, and his family, his wife, his kids, incredible story. And if you're a believer, incredible story of the grace of God and what that can do in a life. And he's out there still <laughs> making it happen, communicating truth. And if, you hadn't, and if you hadn't seen the movie Goodfellas, which is one of the best mob movies ever, he's gonna he he's a uh, he makes a cameo in there. He makes a cameo in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> an interesting time, and it uh, illustrates his life, uh, which that is a, a fascinating part even of his testimony when he first saw Goodfellas. Yeah, 
and, and what that meant to him. <laughs> it meant get my wife out of here so she doesn't know what, I, uh, what I've done in Where my past. Where I came past. from, yeah. <laughs> Cancel culture. Um, but so many things there, and uh, I, I, it's important for us to be able to boil it down for you, and I hope that uh, this does that. Number one, a lack of grace and forgiveness creates fear, and fear creates motives in people that would not exist otherwise. So many folks do things out of fear because they realize there are no second chances. The second one is this. We must have in our lives accountability. We cannot live without accountability. Uh, This was spoken so well in this interview, of course, but we have to have accountability in our life. It's accountability that keeps us on the right track and keeps us moving forward. And finally, and this was Michael's final point as well, real hope is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Real hope is found in a relationship with Christ. The the world is what it is. He said you can't sugarcoat the life that we live, but we have to have something to look beyond this life, and there is hope in that. And uh, what a wonderful, wonderful truth. What a great interview. Great interview. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to do it again, I think. And uh, look forward to him visiting. He's going to come visit the office. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. We'll get a longer longer interview in, too. So, wonderful. Thank you for visiting with us. Thank you for spending this time. Until next week, talk to you later. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.